Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Tuesday, March 7th. Welcome to another off-season edition of the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Yeah, we're twice a week now. But pretty soon we'll be up to three times a week, four times a week, five times a week. So get excited. So, yeah, we've really done a, a thorough job recapping the NFL draft. Now we want to hear from you. Today is a mailbag show. Your email is at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I'm Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings. What is up? Woo! <laughs> this is the best start to a podcast ever. this is better than the start that we just recorded though it is better yeah we started we did about a minute of a show and then realized that something was off i had to start over this is a much better start yeah we- uh i'm on cloud nine we're in the middle of our rookie only draft and i've i've made moves that have uh, cemented me as league champion for the next seven years uh, okay well there, i'm sure there's gonna be a little controversy about that and we are going to talk about that draft because dave and heath made a trade in their dynasty draft that's going on right now, and we want to discuss it. I've separated the emails into four different categories. One is just like normal questions, sort of generic questions. Two is keeper leagues. Three, dynasty leagues. Four, fantasy regulators. We will get to all four of those categories. I did want to start with something bold. Bold predictions from you people. Just, you know, let's have a little fun. It's May 7th. What is something bold that you would like to bring to the table? Heath, why don't we start with you? Kenyon Drake will be a top 12 running back in PPR. Are you kidding? Is that really it? Yeah. Did you read my bold prediction? Sammy Watkins will be a top five <laughs> wide receiver this season. <laughs> that is, I, that's pretty bold. That's pretty good. So you're drafting Sammy Watkins over? Um. Well, you don't have to draft him there. It'd be silly to draft him in the second you're round. Making when a he's bold gonna, prediction, you know. I'm going to draft gotta, Sammy Watkins in the fourth round. Okay. And Which I think is actually boldish. I'm going to draft him ahead of Brandon Cooks. Oh, that's okay. No, all right. Okay. All right. All right. So, so what if you know what is that based on? How many game suspension is that based on? Or how many how many games does Tyreek Hill play for the Chiefs? In your mind, right now, yeah, zero. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll talk about the Dolphins running backs. Mine was a Miami running back will be awesome. Do you think one could be That's top bold. 12 in That's PPR? <laughs> is, that, is that not bold, Jamie? I mean, name one. <laughs> well, I don't know. A I mean, Miami running back. You got to think it's... Mercury Morris? You got to think Gore? it's... Yeah, it's not going to be Gore or Morris. Um, you got to think it'd be Drake. Ricky Williams? I like Caleb Balazs. I like Caleb Balazs. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that it would be Kenyon Drake. He's good. He's good. Just new coaching staff. Give him the ball. Let's hope he doesn't fumble. Four fumbles on 286 career carries. It's kind of a lot. But obviously, when when Kenyon Drake gets work, he is good. And he caught 53 passes last year, so we know he can do that. Meanwhile, Caleb... If if someone uh, stopped listening to us in 2016 and started listening to us right now, they would just think, wow, you still love Kenyon Drake. (laughs) Oh, I did love Kenyon Drake when when they drafted him. And so you're going back to the well now. You can't stay away. If if somebody stopped playing fantasy football because they hated the NFL draft in 2016 and turned off our shows after reviewing the NFL draft when you were in love with Kenyon Drake and just picked it up right now, they would think nothing's changed. That would be a strange podcast listener. Welcome back to you, sir or or lady. (laughs) 
Um, did you know that Kalen Balaj once scored eight touchdowns in a game in college? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know who? I think you've given that stat. Have I? Do you know who he faced in that game? The quarterback he faced. Well, he didn't face the Mahomes, quarterback. Right? It was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Okay. I've well, said... no wonder he scored eight touchdowns if the quarterback was the defense. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a shootout. Uh, it's just a fun, fun note for you. Okay, that said my piece. Kenyon Drake's good. Do you think? Um, do you think Kenyon Drake will get fifteen carries a game? No. Right, right about there, thirteen to fifteen. Jamie, what's your bold prediction? Uh, will end up king. Hey, oh, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you cannot do that. Like, I think I have to bleep. I have to bleep that. You cannot I, I say make up things. Anything about Game of Thrones without saying right. spoiler alert, because people might be on season four. You cannot say anything. But oh, it was stop. It, it's not a like. It's a, it's bold, a bold prediction. prediction. It's not it's something that's happened. Absolutely, right? like you're, not, not. you're not announcing something that you know for sure is going to happen. I, I went on a limb. Yeah, but what he said, which bleeped, bleeped, uh, which he, what he said actually, kind of might happen. I, you can't. You just spoiled it for me. That's Jamie just spoiled. I it thought for it was you. a bold prediction. I didn't no, know I, it. Oh, it is bold. But no, that was that was really. Bit poor matters. Now we don't have to watch the series, Heath. We're off the hook. D- Dave, why don't you give us a football bowl prediction? We'll come back and Jamie will give us one after. No, I won't. I gave you mine. Come on. J- Dave, <laughs> show him how it's done. Cool, Jamie. Well done. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, rookie tight ends are both top 10 fantasy tight ends right now. For this season. For this season. They will finish as top 10 tight ends. So I'm writing. You will a, draft them as top 10 tight I'm ends. I'm writing a, a story about tight ends for our magazine, do you know how many times in the last five years a rookie tight end has finished in the top ten? I'm going to say once. Once. I'm, once. I'm going to say once. Evan it's going to happen twice this year. And I want to draft these guys just to have on my team as streamers to, to begin guys the you year. Cut in week two? I might cut them by week two, but what difference does it make if I'm picking between them and Austin Hooper and Jordan Reed and Chris Herndon and all these other History. guys that are just going to be, okay, great. So what's the argument for the other guys? Oh, they've been around longer, so they well, must Austin be Hooper's better. Hooper's been a top-ten tight end. He has. But so I don't, Jordan Reed. I don't yeah. – I'm going with the rookies. I'm going with the fresh blood. I'm going with the first-round tight ends. And uh, and I think that they'll be good enough to get you off to a good start in your fantasy league. Yeah, I, I mean, Austin Hooper was a top-ten tight end last year. Did Does anybody really think – Oh, Does anybody want that though? Right. Like, I don't mind having Austin Hooper on my fantasy team. I mean, I really don't. I'm want doing any, it in round any of 13. Them in seasonal leagues, to be honest with you, just because rookie tight ends tend to struggle, um, and you know, Detroit's given us an, an example of that already. Um, but at least, like, I, I'd rather take my chances with the Falcons' offense if I'm just looking for consistent production. Oh my gosh, Heath, your chair. I can't. I can't. There's nothing. I mean, I'm like you literally have to stand for the rest of the <laughs> or sit crisscross applesauce. Like, how much am I moving <laughs> right now, Dave? Right now, you're not. Now you're kind of like swiveling around, and now you're leaning back, and the chair is screaming for mercy. Like, man, I'm gonna, this is what my chair is like at the office. Here, I'm gonna sit just like this and not use the back support on the chair for the rest of the podcast. Okay. By the way, I'm I'm trying to do this uh, sort of impromptu. How are you sitting? Just stay straight up. That's not gonna be. That's not gonna get old for you. It's excellent posture. Seven, eight. Nine. I'm trying to How about do. This? Uh, There's a hundred thousand chairs in this office. <laughs> Why don't you go get a different chair? It appears that last year, the number ten tight end in PPR was Vance McDonald. 
He scored 133 fantasy points. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That is the fewest in at least five years for a number ten tight end. So last year was a really bad year for tight ends. Um, all right, Jamie, do you have a bold prediction, or should we just get to some some emails, some trades? Uh, we'll return in uh, <laughs> episode four. <laughs> oh my gosh, another bleep! All right, so so let's talk about uh, let's talk about the trade that Heath and Dave made in their Dynasty League, which is doing its rookie-only draft right now. You can give us some details on the league. I do want to tell you all, though, about some of our other podcasts real quick. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast or podcasts. Either one will take you to the proper page, cbssports.com slash podcasts. The golf podcast, First Cut, is obviously one you want to check out right now. Big time in golf. They're doing three episodes a week right now. That's awesome. Um, so check that out. But we have a whole bunch of them. We have a... a Wrestling, MMA, boxing podcast. We got a college basketball podcast that's doing once a week. College football. Uh, obviously, Pick 6 is every day. That's our NFL show. So, great stuff. CBSSports.com slash podcast. And Sportsline. Sportsline is an awesome subscription service. Give you some great betting advice on... What's the next one? The Preakness is next, right? That next or the Belmont? Preakness, I think, is next. So, you can get some tips on that. Baseball, basketball, awesome stuff. Some fantasy content on there. It's nine ninety nine a month. The first month you can get for $1 with the promo code HUDDLE. HUDDLE is the promo code on sportsline.com. So what was the trade, guys? Uh, let's talk about the league a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I, I can do it too. Dave. It the two of us. Okay. Dave. I mean, there's backstory here that... I think is important. Well, then you should have started telling it when he asked to tell him about the. Well, trade. I mean, do you want to just get right to the nuts and bolts of this, or do you want to hear the backstory, Adam? I'd like to hear a little bit about the league, and then well, this the, is the, a, back, the backstory is the White Walkers. They show hey, up. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> this is a fourteen-team dynasty league where you start sixteen players, including seven IDP, three wide receivers, two offensive flexes, and Dave renamed his team before the draft because he was so unhappy with the state of his team. I and went for win now. I, I went for the win now strategy when we drafted and he did. two years ago. You and almost I, did. I, did. I almost did yep. first year. And then second year, I had Le'Veon Bell. I had Kareem Hunt. I had nothing at wide receiver. I was a mess. And so I went into this draft. I pulled off one trade during the season. I traded Jimmy Graham and a second-round pick to get somebody's first-round pick. It was a contending team. So I came into this draft with two first-round picks, fourth overall and 12th overall. But I really hate my team. And I I really um, think maybe I have the best team I've ever put together in any sport. And it didn't make the playoffs last year, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and I had the sixth pick. And Dave was shocked to see David Montgomery fall to him with the fourth pick. Right. And took Montgomery when he had planned on taking Paris Campbell. Yep. And two picks later, it was my turn, and Dave came to me looking to trade back up to get Paris Campbell. So I did the thing you should do when you're in this situation and announced um, that I was willing to trade down and then tried to get Jamie to make an offer as well so that Dave would could, couldn't just steal the pick from me, you know? Right. So I offered my first and second for your first and third. And you said... 
I don't want to move down six spots in the first round and move up seven spots in the second round. Now, a trade like that might work if we're talking about late round picks in a rookie only draft. But when we're talking about these valuable picks in the first round, I get where you're coming from. Right. So then I, I immediately went to, all right, how about my first and my second for your first and your fourth? And I even added like a bunch of question marks to act like it was ludicrous to even suggest such a thing wait, when wait. I knew that I would take that deal. Pause. And then Heath just went ahead and made the made the offer that was pretty much the only thing on the table for me to take what, if I wanted Paris Campbell. What pick was your second round pick? Your first pick was 12, right? I actually maneuvered to take the second to last pick in the second round because I didn't have a second round pick when the draft started. All right. But there was a team in the league, Matt Coca's team. It was pick 27. It so you were pick offering 27. picks 12 and 27? Right. Four, six, and fifty-five, and, that, and then what ended up getting accepted? I countered with I, and, the, and Dave accepted. I received pick twelve, pick twenty-seven, and Marquise Lee. Dave received pick six, pick fifty-five, and pick seventy-six. So you didn't really need. You didn't really want Marquise Lee. I did. I got well, Dave. I meant you. No, I, I have enough crappy receivers on my team. <laughs> Okay. All right. And then you took. Like, but but it, my, my receivers were so bad that Marquise Lee was in my starting lineup. <laughs> like Quincy Anun was in my starting lineup. And Marquise lineup. Lee could be good. He so, sure could. So that's why and you so, moved but up I to let get. I it go because I, I had to have Paris Campbell. Okay. And I tried moving up. I, I knew Heath wasn't going to take Paris Campbell, but I didn't know if anybody 7 through 11 would take Paris. I'm almost positive Jamie would have if he was there at 11. So I had to move up to get him. And the only team that I could trade with. That was interested was Heath's. And it worked out well for me because Hakeem Butler is my number five player overall, and he was available for me at 12. And you would have taken him at six if there wasn't. I would have taken DK Metcalf. Okay. All right. But but it wouldn't have been Campbell. You would have gotten a guy that you liked. And so my my rebuild is it's going to be a little thin this year, but it's with two of my top four players in Dynasty drafts. Which is David Montgomery and Paris Campbell. Right. So, Jamie, who do you think won the trade? Uh, I think it's even, you know, because Dave got the player that he wanted. He had to give up a little bit to get him. I think Marquise Lee is good because uh, I agree with Heath. He could be good. So if he comes back 100% and steps in as the number one receiver in what should be a better passing game, then Heath wins the trade. But I don't think it's by much. Um, you know, I, I think you look at, uh, you know, Heath got what he wanted. So it, it works out great on his regard. But again, I think Paris Campbell is the best player that was, you know, ended up coming out of this trade. And just for the record, what it really cost me, like just true cost, because I made a lot of moves to get the picks to shovel into Heath's lap to get Paris Campbell. It cost me Jimmy Graham, Marquise Lee, my second round pick, and my third round pick. And as we've seen in this league, you know, and it certainly happens in most dynasty leagues, whatever that ends up, like you took uh, Devin White? Yep. Right? So Devin White, if he's the, the star IDP player that he can be, then that sways the trade in your favor even more. I did run a Twitter poll and not tell people who made the trade or anything, but just with those assets before any players were picked. And it came out almost, I got 51% of the vote. Dave got 49%. Who did you take 12th? Uh, Hakeem Butler. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's. The, I think the risky thing is that it, you know, there's no... We don't know that Paris Campbell is going to be six picks better than Hakeem Butler. Uh, that's kind of the. I would rather have Hakeem Butler than Paris Campbell. There so, you go. It, and it's and I, personal like, preference. I know a lot of people would rather have Campbell. It's just personal that's preference. why I think it makes sense at that point in the draft 
to trade back for you. Yeah, if you can get your guy, yeah, absolutely. If there's somebody that you're not in love with at that spot, and I think you're going to see a lot of dynasty drafts, not just trading picks, but trading picks for veterans, because th- there are people like in Dave's position that need to you know stockpile draft picks and and turn their roster over, not necessarily in a one year situation, but over a couple of seasons. While contending teams, you know, that are picking, like in Heath's case, you know, he has a very good team, but he didn't make the playoffs, so he's in a great spot because he can still have a great roster and maybe turn into some veterans. You know, not necessarily Marquis Lee, you hope a little bit better, but that's the type of move you try to make is to try and get some guys that are a little bit more proven or older guys. I mean, I think that's something that goes overlooked in a lot of dynasty leagues. Like if your team's ready to win now, go get somebody who's got one or two years left on their, maybe their NFL career. You know, like last year, you know, you you would, or this year, for example, you know, if you can get, um, you know, so, not the best example, but I'm just thinking guys that are, you know, in contract years or, or end of their careers. You know, Jimmy Graham, if he's still the guy in Green Bay, uh, Kyle Rudolph, if he's still the guy in Minnesota, you know, Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia, you know, guys that don't necessarily have a long tenure left, but can be somewhat productive and you don't have to give up a lot of capital to get them. Could you go even bigger than that with guys like Golden Tate? Yeah, Sean yeah, Jeffrey, absolutely. Just you know, guys right, that have been sure. around the NFL for right. six, seven sure. yeah, plus I, I, years. Believe me, I was giving crap example, but but. Sean McCoy, you know, if you need a third running back or a fourth running back, you know, those type of guys that aren't necessarily going to help your team two years from now. But if you need somebody just as some depth, like Dave and I discussed a trade that I thought would have been good for both of us, which was Carlos Hyde for Michael Gallup. Um, you know, you, you didn't answer me. So I pulled the trade off the table, especially once because I have Tyree Kill. So I lost him. So Michael Gallup two years from now, which is what I'm thinking of him, is if Amari Cooper leaves and Gallup is the number one receiver for, for Dallas, he could have significant value, whereas Carlos Hyde maybe the best running back in Kansas City. That's huge if there. Uh, but if he gets four, like I was looking at, can I get somebody for four or five games? Because my running back depth after my two starters of Christian McCaffrey and Mark Ingram is very thin. So I was looking at, okay, can I flip my essentially seventh receiver for what could be maybe my third running back? That was how I was approaching it because right. I don't expect Carlos Hyde two years from now to be very good unless, of course, he just blows away Andy Reid and plays really well this year in Kansas City. All right, I can already see where this show is going. That was a fun segment, but uh, I know it's going to be like, well, we got to like six emails, and I didn't have enough time for the rest, so we'll do them later. I'm not going to let that happen. Let's get to some emails right now and some tweets. Email of the day number one is from uh, Niall from Providence, Rhode Island. Dark Knight Rises is more of a football movie than Jerry Maguire is. If you're running short on time, then why don't you cut this nonsense out? <laughs> this is a funny email, and it is perfectly <laughs> on point. All right, tweet of the day is from Joey. Do you believe that as well? No, I think Jerry Maguire is slightly more of a football movie than Dark Knight Rises, but that's very funny. All right, somebody clip Will that. you he do your Jerry Maguire football movie? That's all he said. <laughs> Will you do your Bane impersonation before the end of this podcast? Uh, I'll try. It's not that. Oh, good. I, hear, it sucks. I hear Scott White does a great Michael Caine. He actually does. We can just recreate scenes from the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, okay, okay. Joey says, and like Joe Pesci right now. Okay, okay, okay. Where do you think the best spot to pick in a 12-team PPR draft this year is? Four. Why? Because you're guaranteed one of the top four running backs, and you'll pick ahead of everybody else who's taking one of those top four running backs in the even rounds. Yeah. I was going to say maybe five because I put Melvin Gordon there. but Sure. If you think Melvin Gordon is on par with them and he's close, then you could say five. What do you guys think, Jamie Heath? Best place to pick in PPR? I don't care. Oh come on! <laughs> no, I mean seriously. I, I I think you you find like we did our our uh, our magazine draft. I picked twelfth. I have no problem with that. You know, taking two receivers like I did. But if you could pick your spot, uh, do do you even like think about that? No, now? never. You might think about that in August. Never. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go nine. Nine. 
Why? Nine's a nice number. Uh, I mean, I, I think that Dave. I, I, under, I understand why people, and Dave's point is, is, is great. You know, yeah. you're getting one of the top tier guys and, and you pick early in the second round. I just never look at it that way. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care. You tell me I'm picking seventh, I'll find ways to make it successful. You tell me I'm picking first, I'll, I'll be fine with it. You get I, one of those stud running backs and then you go get a hoagie. And then you come back in round two and one of those tight ends will be there. Then you go and you get a, a drink from the fridge. And then in round three, you take the best available receiver. You're on your way. Well, so, so that's the thing, right? So let's say you have a top four pick. You could, you really have to ask yourself how much you like AJ Green and Keenan Allen. Um, cause those guys are falling to the third round. So if you have, you know, the third pick, you start with Ezekiel Elliott or Alvin Kamara. Christian McCaffrey, whatever, probably not going to get Saquon at three, but one of those guys. Second round, I think, is a great spot for Travis Kelsey. Um, and then third he might round, not be there. He's not there. there. Not, yeah, that's Kittler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when okay, I think I think we just did a PPR draft, and and I took Kelsey seventeenth there, seventeenth. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. So is is Kittle or Ertz worth a pick in the second round, yes. or? Or do you go receiver there and take Kittle Ertz in the third round? I, I think you're risking it by leaving Kittle Ertz to be there in round three. I think they've, the they have they have earned it at this point to be top 24 tight end. The only thing would be is if you're not inclined to take a tight end, you're probably if, – if they do go in the first 24 by round three, the receivers Adam's talking about are there for you, which is also amazing value. And yeah. like I know I'm always the I'm not going to make a plan beforehand, but there are a lot of drafts where either Nick Chubb or Dalvin Cook – fall to the mid to late yeah. second round yeah. so like one of those guys might be there one of the one of the top six re- receivers might be there and then you have the early round three where you're maybe looking at Fournette, which is great value too where do you guys take ty hilton same same range end of two beginning of three yep uh, right. third i prefer third but that's you know again if, you, if you're passing on the tight ends he's going to go in the second round okay and um let's go to j jm from a beautiful city where a military tank was stolen almost 25 years ago. Mm. San Diego. Uh, okay. Uh, dear Todd, Dak, Alvin, and Saquon. Football players. The last four offensive rookies of the year. Rookies of the year, that's right. As a commissioner for a longtime family and friends league, as well as many as well as my work league going on five years strong, I've been trying to keep the leagues fun and fresh by changing at least one thing about the league every year. I've had this idea for years now. I've never heard any talk about it. So as many of us can agree, the actual draft is half the fun, right? Well, to make things more interesting, I had this idea for a mid-season keeper redraft league. You play half the regular season, and then all managers get to keep any three players, and all other players become free agents back to the pool, and last place gets the first pick. I'd love to hear your thoughts and on this twist to a league. Best podcast out there. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much, Jay, from San Diego. So play half the season, keep three players, redraft in reverse order of the standings. I don't – I love all these different things that you can do. I think it's a fun idea. I don't think I'd particularly want to do it more than once. I would try it. Yeah. It's an experimental league. It's kind of like the Ghost League too, right, in a, in a way? The go the, the, the vampire. zombie the league vampire. <laughs> zombie vampire league so enough with ghosts Jamie gosh you're all about ghosts today um okay yeah I think it's fun I think it's cool I would I would do one league like that sure uh Chow from the trunk of a 1969 Mercedes 280 SE 
It, wait, is that a reference that I don't get? Yeah, yes. yes. What is it? From Hangover. The Hangover. Oh. Leslie Chow. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, Alan, Stu, Phil, and Doug, who are they? Uh, every year, there's a player who gets drafted late, or not at all, that becomes a high draft pick the following year. George Kittle, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, David Johnson, Odell Beckham. Which late-round player or players this year have the talent to be a high draft pick in 2020? Also curious to know what Alan and Stu, I guess that's me and Dave, think about Miami's Best Pizza by the University of Miami. Have you ever had Miami's Best Pizza, Dave? Had it once, hated it. I'm a big cheese guy. Wait, which are you two? We're Alan and Stu, apparently. You're Alan and Stu, so who's that leave us? Doug and Phil. Doug and Phil. I forget. Okay, Doug, I know, is the, is the guy, the bachelor. Heath would be Phil. I'll, I'll be the one that hangs on the roof. Alan is Zach Galifianakis, right? Yes. Stu is... The dentist. Ed Helms? Ed Helms. Okay. Okay, I'll be Stu. So, yeah, I've never had that pizza. Big cheese all the way. Which late-round players have the talent to, you know, be the next Kittle, Kamara, Michael Thomas, etc.? I'll go first and say that if things break right for Devin Singletary, he'll be somebody that we're drafting in the early rounds in 2020. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of rookies probably in this conversation just because they're not going to be drafted very high. Mm-hmm. Um, Darwin Thompson would be one for me. How about Daryl Henderson? He's going really go, go to go a little, for... bit, a little bit higher, I think. But I think you're talking about guys that don't necessarily have jobs right now and the receivers because the receivers are going to go late. Like Paris Campbell and Michael Hardman could be – Two guys based on where they get drafted. They're not going to be drafted in until double digit rounds for most part. For the he, most part. Heath's guy, Hakeem Butler, uh, could do that me, in Arizona. Let me put a let me put a caveat on it and say veterans only. Um, so no rookies. I so would Kittle, say Kittle, your Kittle was the okay. guy. Kittle Cortland was the guy Sutton. last year. All right, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, Deshaun Hamilton's a good one too. Yep. Okay. Kalen Balage. I I think Deontay Foreman. Has a good chance. I, we just don't. I, I'm so leery. We don't. We don't know if he's, he has what he had before the injury. Yeah, this is obviously a gamble of a pick. Um, but that'd be one Deontay Foreman for me. Cortland Sutton. It's and it's possible. Like I, I've, I'm gonna draft some Bruce Anderson late. But I think you have to. If we're saying veterans only, you have to say that Ronald Jones is a possibility. Yeah. Could Edo Smith be a possibility? I, he's not sure. late round guy. He's mid. I think that, Royce Freeman. He could be that guy. Yeah, yep. sure. Phil, things turn south for Philip Lindsay. All right, cool. Thanks for the question. Let's get some Keeper and Dynasty stuff now. Uh, this is James in New York. This is a Dynasty question. Hey, Sam, Mark, and Ken. Ooh, I know those. I think. Those are Jets quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how high you would take Kyler Murray in a Dynasty rookie draft in a two-quarterback league? First round. I mean, he went uh, 10th in, in this draft, which is a one-quarterback league. Um, I'm about to do a dynasty draft for a Superflex league, which is essentially the same thing, and he's going to be a top-five pick. Yeah, I, I, reading the next sentence, it sounds like this guy has the fourth pick, and I don't think four is too early for Kyler if you need a quarterback. All right, two-quarterback league. This one is from ooh, oh, Kevin in Houston. Dear Joe, Richard, Chad, and Sam. Those also sound jetsy to me. I'm sure there were Jets with those names. Who's the Richard? Richard Todd. Chad Pennington? Right. Joe Namath. Sam Darnold. Yeah. Good. Look you, at me. You knew Richard I'm, Todd? Yeah, I did. Right? Yeah, he's a football player. 
Okay. Maybe. <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, I took over a dynasty team, and now I have the second pick in a rookie draft. The team has some holes. I need running backs and wide receivers. I have Kelsey at tight end. Tell me, who are your top two picks? Uh, it is a one-quarterback PPR, four-point-per-passing touchdown league. So basically, top two in this rookie draft should be who? whom? I, I'm going to go with Jacobs and Montgomery. I don't see a receiver that is worth being put up that high. You can argue Nikhil Harry, but I would agree. The two running backs. Yep. All right, here's a keeper question from Jim in Philadelphia. I'm in a keeper league one season. We keep a player we drafted outside of the top four rounds. If the player we keep is projected as a round one to four pick in CBS mock drafts, we give up a fourth round pick. If that pick is projected to go uh, round five or later, we give up that round pick. My two options are Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Jones. I've been set on keeping Mahomes this whole time. If he loses Tyreek Hill, though, would you still keep Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Jones? I would keep Aaron Jones. Me too. Same. Wait, you'd keep you'd keep Aaron Jones either way, or you or it's dependent on Tyreek Hill. Yes, it's dependent on Tyreek yeah. Hill. Right now, we're expecting Tyreek Hill to not play. And I, but I think the hard thing about that is I don't know when your deadline is, but I I don't anticipate we're going to get a definitive answer in the next two months. Okay, this is from Nick in Santa Monica. Dear Roger, Ricky, Frank, and Carlos. Jets. <laughs> this one I don't know. Uh, these are 49ers running backs. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, I should have known that. So listen, later in the show, we have a greeting that I think is so funny. Now, funny, it's not like laugh out loud funny, but it's like, oh, that's that's funny. Uh, that I had to Google. If anybody gets it, I will be extremely impressed. Don't look ahead and don't Google. I was hoping in a future episode if you fellas would do a deep dive into auction league drafting and strategy. This year is especially interesting in considering the amount of talent available in the middle of the pack. In what would traditionally be the third round, for example, guys like A.J. Green and Keenan Allen will be generally cheaper than they would have been in previous years. So I'm curious about your perspective on auction drafting and what each of you personally feel is the best strategy. Yeah, I I do think that the does, the middle of the draft feels better this year. Um, I can remember last year at this time of year feeling like we got to like round four and it's like ugh, who's where where are all the good players at? Um, so that but but I also think like those top four running backs you're going to see probably a bidding war, and I do like this is the only time when everybody has a chance to get them. So I might be less likely to, to get involved in that bidding war. They'll go for right about a third of a budget. And maybe more. Hey, like sure. two guys want them. Sure. Hmm. So, so you think you will pass on them? I think if you pass on them, you've got far more capital to spend on building a, a still a very strong team. So yeah, I th- I think I would pass on them unless I can get them for say my budget's a hundred, I can get them for between twenty five and thirty, and I feel like that's a good deal. Then I would take them there. Yeah, then I can't see that happening. I don't think so either. You never know. I would. Spend, you know what? You I know would how spend. That might happen? Thir- I would spend thirty five on them out of a hundred. What, what if they're the first name nominated, and it's that real early part of the auction where people just don't know what a guy should go for and you're sure, kind of setting sure. the market. Yeah, I Maybe mean you could you might be able to land a Camara or a Zeke there for 30. Yeah, maybe, I I, maybe I, I will give less. you an example. Um 
$260 budget, our auction league for baseball. I Mike Trout may have been the first one nominated, and I got him for like 51 I think. And he usually goes for like 60 And then Mookie Betts went, I think, for 52 So, yeah, I, 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 could see, I could see that happening. But how I, I, I really want – PPR, standard, you know, non-PPR, um, maybe I won't get as involved. But in PPR, like, I really want one of those guys. So they're going to catch a ton of passes. And like I said, I would be willing to spend 35 bucks out of 100 on one of those top four running backs, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, McCaffrey. You're spending how much? 35 so would you would you rather spend thirty five or get three of Marlon Mack, Mark Ingram, and I don't know who else you like? Uh, fourteen te- fourteen team league. I would I would take the the three other other guys twelve or shallower. I'd probably want one of those stud running backs. That's but look, I I I cannot tell you that I would actually do that if we were auctioning right now. Like this is the first time I've really thought about it. But that is sort of where I'm at right now. Okay. Auctions are more fun than drafts, um, but to really nail it, you've got to do some preparation beforehand. I like using tiers, um, sorting my players based on my expectations for them. So the best running backs, those top four guys, throw Melvin Gordon in there too if you want. They're in the first tier, and then you just you group together running backs and receivers, et cetera, by expectations. And then you'll keep track of where everybody's <laughs> going in the auction, how much they're going for, you'll have a good sense of what you should spend from players with similar expectations. I, I would say this, though. If I did spend 35 on one of those four running backs, it would be difficult for me to get a top three tight end, and I am all about getting a top three tight end. Right. Those guys are going to go for more than 20% of your budget. Yeah. Those guys are—I can't wait for our auctions to see what Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz end up going for. That's going to be different than it's because not even Gronk did Gronk go for twenty percent. Would you pay twenty for Gronk? He was that? typically around fifteen dollars, right? So I I wonder if this is going to be new territory for auction drafters with these tight ends. Okay, next email is going to be a dynasty email. It is from no name, Dave. Name and city, please. Uh, David from Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> Hey, TJ, Jelani, Will, and Austin. These might be Detroit those Li- are, Lions picks. Those are Lions rookies. Jelani, uh, oh, I can't think of his last name. He's a linebacker. Tavai. Tavai. I don't, I, don't know how, I don't know how to pronounce it, He's a it, big honestly. dude. Uh, I've been reading your fantasy outlooks for each of the players drafted this past weekend or two weekends ago, but I'm confused. There are some players going in rounds four and five that you like more than players going in rounds two and three. For example, Arizona took Andy Isabella in round two and Akeem Butler in round four. Both players will have the same quarterback and team around them. Why is Akeem Butler a top 15 rookie draft fantasy pick, but Isabella is only a third-round pick? Shouldn't Isabella be the better player on paper because he was drafted two rounds earlier? I think this email was actually from Chris Towers (laughs) because he's been saying this to me uh, for the last week and a half. How how much a team invests in a player does have impact on on um, how maybe the early opportunity they get, maybe how long the team is willing to stick with them. But we don't start looking at players the moment they are drafted, and we do form opinions on players before the draft. And it's not uncommon for players that are drafted in the fourth round to be better than players that are drafted in the second round. So if we – like Hakeem Butler is an excellent, excellent example. He was my number one rookie before the draft. 
I've dropped him down number five because he fell to round four, but I just haven't dropped him any further than that. You didn't drop him because he went to Arizona and Arizona no. added all these other players. You did it just because of where he went in the draft. Yes. Yeah, there's a good chance Butler doesn't start because they like Isabella a lot. And, you know, with Fitzgerald and Kirk still there, you may not see Akeem Butler play very much as a rookie. So Isabella could be the better guy in seasonal leagues. But I, Butler, yeah. just based on what his profile is, should be better long term. I, I definitely see the merit in this email and your, in the, your line of thinking. I think for running backs, where they get drafted matters, but matters less than it does for wide receiver because with running back, it's so much about opportunity, so much about the team around you, more so, in my opinion, than it is with, with a wide receiver. Thought, agree, disagree? Uh, agree, but, I mean, you know, it. It's still kind of the same thing. You know, you, the Redskins had another situation, too, where I think you look at Terry McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon. I wouldn't be surprised if Harmon's better. I, yeah, I've got I've got Harmon quite a bit higher than McLaurin. Most, most people do. Yeah. You know, and, and it, 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 but to your point, Adam, yeah, I, I think running back draft capital is certainly a little bit more important than receiver draft capital. Because there, there's like the 49ers taking Jalen Hurd. I don't think they're going to play him at receiver very much. Or at well, least they're not going to you know, play him specifically at receiver. Also, with, with, with running back, I mean, there's such a playing time issue in so many situations. Like, you know, you, know, you might be sitting behind. Like the, sure, and the Patriots they're, taking they're, a running back in round three. Right. <laughs> like Dallas, for example, uh, you know, taking Weber after the fullback. Clearly, Weber has a better chance to help yeah, yeah, their offensive yeah. production. Well, I, I guess that's a bad way for it. Has a better chance to, to be a featured player in their offense more so than to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not even saying fantasy relevance, but just like from, you know, if Zeke Lally gets hurt, they're not putting the fullback back there. Right, right. Okay. Um, next question will be a keeper question from Glenn in Canada. $200 keeper league. Keep forever at these values. I need to pick one receiver. Antonio Brown for 25 bucks. Julio Jones for 27 Is that a $200? Christian Kirk for a dollar. DJ Moore for a dollar. Deshaun Hamilton for $2, Geronimo Allison for $2. This is a keep forever league. You got Brown and Julio for 25 and 27 and then you got real cheap Christian Kirk, DJ Moore, Deshaun Hamilton, Geronimo Allison. How many can you keep? One. One. Oh, DJ Moore. Sure. Because I think you can get Julio Jones for... Oh, no. no it's, it's, it's a two, $200. Yeah. It's Julio for me. It's Julio. Oh, yeah. Julio. Yeah. Okay. Go with Julio. And uh, I'll read another keeper question here. I need a name in city, please. Let's go with uh, Brian from Paris, France. We why, why not Campbell from Paris, France? Well, Brian's last name is Campbell. He's our oh, he's yeah. our combat writer. <laughs> yes, and uh, he's in Paris right now. We have to keep fifteen players, no more, no less. I only have I only have room for one or two of these wide receivers. Who should I keep? Who are your top two here, guys? Zay Jones. Taewon Taylor, Devontae Parker, David Moore, Kenny Stills, or Demarius Thomas. Zay Man, it's got it's got, got to really hurt having to cut four of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Zay Jones, Taewon Taylor, Devontae Parker, David well, Moore, Kenny Stills, Demarius Thomas. If the Dolphins can't quit Devontae Parker, should you? He, he wouldn't. My pick is Kenny Stills. Yeah. But if I had to pick two. I might just take Parker along with Stills. And Zay, see what Zay Jones. I would go with um, Stills and David Moore. I think Moore, just given what's happened to Seattle's receiving core, I don't care what Pete Carroll says about DK Metcalf Rattree. I think Moore is going to end up playing a lot just based on how they used him last year. And he could actually end up starting 
opposite Tyler Lockett. Uh, okay, so here's an email from Brad. This is the greeting that I want to see if you can get. Hey, Whitman, Price, and Haddad. Haddad. Whitman, Price, and Haddad. 1980s Schwarzenegger movie? Terminator? No, these no, were... Uh... Nah, I'm... Oh, Running Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these were the three winners of Running Man that were supposed to be like in Hawaii or something, but it turned out they were dead. Uh, I thought this was a really clever, like very obscure reference. 14 team, half PPR, keeper. Uh-huh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> right? See? Four point quarterback touchdown, four point per passing touchdown lead. Keith, next time he says it, that joke's going to be funny, make your chair move. <laughs> I was really excited and impressed with Sony Michelle's postseason. But there are so many mouths to feed in the New England backfield. Should I trade Sony Michelle for the for basically Josh Jacobs for 101 and 106 in the rookie draft? Wow. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes, you should definitely do that. All right, here's a Richard Dawson was the best part of Running Man, by the way. He was awesome. I don't think I ever saw Running Man. Highly yeah. recommend. Yeah, good, it's good. Film. It's good. Now, it's I just, not like, you know, cinematic masterpiece. I just spoiled the funniest joke in the movie for you. But, you know. uh, this is from Dave. What about, what about the time Ghost licks John <laughs> Snow's face? In our 14-team league, we have a loser's bracket where the last six teams play off for the right to draft their draft slot. Okay? last six, Bottom six teams get to play off for uh, the right to draft their draft slot. A toilet bowl. If you win the loser's bracket, you get to pick the slot. Where you draft in the I last hate these in the hate. last ten years, the owner with the number one pick has never won. So where would you in 2019 in a 14-team league? Where would you guys pick if you had the first pick in the draft for the draft? Similar question to what we answered earlier. So, I right? Guess, yeah. But, uh, I'm I'm going to stick with fourth. You said 14-team league. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. I think I'd want to go later. As far as you can go is where? Four? No, you can go wherever you want. I think I'd go nine. <laughs> nine is such a nice number. <laughs> I go five. This is where I would I would put Melvin Gordon in that group. And I, I like four to five does make kind of a difference to me in um in a fourteen team league. I guess it would really depend on if I thought I could get Kelsey in round two. <laughs> if I didn't, then I guess it wouldn't matter. <laughs> Thank you for the for the rocking of the chair. You're welcome. Uh okay, and Jamie doesn't care. Jamie says draft anywhere. Subject line from Jeff in Tennessee. Subject line is Heath-level humor. And then the email says, I think it's ironic and hilarious that you made a drinking game out of Pete Prisco's initials when his initials are pee-pee. Uh, you made a drinking game out of his name when his initials are pee-pee. Heath, can I get the chair, please? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> from Brian in Vancouver. Which quarterbacks make the biggest jump in a four-point-per-passing touchdown league compared to a six-point? Lamar, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, Cam? Like jump in terms of their value gets higher? Right, yes. because they're running more. I think we nailed them. Is it basically just the guys you expect to have rushing touchdowns? and Or yes. not a lot of passing touchdowns, or both? Yes. Rushing yards, rushing touchdowns. Well, oh, Deshaun. Deshaun Watson will run. Well, the rushing I heard, yards. I heard he's the number one quarterback in four points for passing. <laughs> yards. 
but, if you but, had those rankings. But seriously, the rushing yards, do they matter? Because they count the same in oh, either format. because they count the same. But sure. they are a bigger percentage of the pie okay. when the passing touchdowns are a smaller percentage. Okay. Mm. But a lot of the guys who rush for a lot of yards don't throw for a lot of yards. It's true. It's going to hurt Eli Manning a lot. <laughs> don't draft him. We have a few minutes left here. This is but it hurts, it, hurts, it hurts guys like Rivers, you know, those, those type of quarterbacks. Sure. From Scott Warren, 12-man Dynasty League PPR trade scenario. Would you rather have Christian McCaffrey in a PPR Dynasty League, Christian McCaffrey, or Devontae Adams and O.J. Howard? McCaffrey. Adams and Howard. Mm, that's a good question. It is. Tom Brady says that when he starts an answer with that's a good question, it means he hates the question. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I like this question. That's why I put it in the notes. Yeah. So we got Devontae Adams and O.J. Howard or Christian McCaffrey. Dave and Jamie are split. Heath, break the tie. Oh, I was just going to – my answer was going to be that's a good question. Nope, you got it. Um, I am going to go with Adams and Howard. Okay. I would probably rather have than both of them a different duo. I will tell you about them in a second. I would rather have Nate Dogg and Warren G. Nate Dogg and Warren G. Thank you, uh-huh. Heath. Okay. Uh, Dear Simba, Mufasa, Pumbaa, and Timon, I joined a slow draft dynasty startup league with an eight-hour window for each pick. The league commish kicked me out for taking advantage of the full eight hours for each pick. And uh, I told him I was committed, but that I planned on taking the full window each time to do research and savor the pick. I communicated clearly with all the owners during my pick window and made sure to talk smack as well. During round eight, he decided to kick me out for not picking immediately. According to the rules, I didn't violate anything. Am I in the wrong, or was the commission within his rights for kicking me out of the league for taking the full eight hours with every pick? If I were the commission, you did that enough, I would change your clock to eight minutes. But I would not have kicked you out of the league. Anyone no. else? No, don't kick him out? Uh, no, of course not. No. You are in the wrong, and the commissioner is in the wrong. And I am glad I'm not in the league with either of you. How long have we all been playing fantasy football? 20-plus years each? Yeah. When's the last time you savored a pick before making the selection? Where you just kicked back, closed your eyes, and, mm, I'm on the clock. Um, last night, I was on the clock, I noticed, before I went to bed. For 11 and, hours and 41 minutes. And I just <laughs> slept on it. But did you savor it? Did you dream about it? It was 11 Did hours, 41 minutes, it? and 21 I, seconds. Did you relish the opportunity to make a selection in something so huge as a fantasy football I, dynasty? I went upstairs, slid into bed, just kind of thought about it for a while. What kind so of a noise so far, did your bed make when so you sat So far, in the first round of our, of our rookie-only <laughs> draft, there have been one, two, three, three owners who drafted in under a minute. Heath was one of them. He so far has the fastest time of making a pick of 26 <laughs> seconds to take a Keem Butler. Uh, and the longest 35 seconds was the second I was third at 44 seconds in round two we had a 49 second pick and an 11 hour 41 minute and 21 second pick by the commissioner no less <laughs> yeah it was it, it was a, it was a rough night last night oh I'm sorry man so okay so, last last uh last I, you know it's funny because I was like should I text him I'm like no he's got a lot going on 
Then I, I'm like, he's tweeting. So I'm like, this. <laughs> and I forgot. <laughs> All right, last one. Here we go. Regulated. Oh, this is a Game of Thrones spoiler. And this is our last email. So if you don't want to hear anything about season eight or, or anything at all, turn off the podcast and thank you for listening. This is from Josh. Little out of left field here, but I have an issue in a league I am the commissioner of. I put together an office pool for Game of Thrones, mainly uh, focusing on character deaths. However, there was a fill-in-the-blank part, one of which the question worth two points was, who kills the Night King? I put no one, and not a single person put Arya. Do I award, my, do I award myself points given that Arya is no one? No, because she... She's someone. At She's the, a character in the show, right? At the end of season six, when she leaves the House of Black and White... He says, is a girl no one? And she says, no, I'm Arya Stark and I'm going home. Yeah, well, chilling, chilling line. Good stuff. Oh, yeah, but now it's chilling line for you. At the time, you hated it. Loved that last episode. People really didn't like the last episode. You mean the Starbucks cup? Episode four. Oh, yeah, that was funny. But they they really (laughs) didn't like, uh, they thought it was Pete Prisco drink thinks that they did it on purpose because they can't advertise. Oh, interesting. I just drank. Was it a Starbucks cup or just a cup? I mean, I think if you look at it, it looks very much like a Starbucks cup. But it also, like, I mean, if you just look at it from afar, like, no one would notice it until you I didn't notice saw it. it. Of course, I think it's just one of their uh, ale, their cups of ale. I'm very excited. I cannot wait for Sunday. Mother's Day, by the way. All right, thanks, everybody. Uh, we will talk to you on Thursday with another episode. So so appreciative of all your emails and your tweets. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. For Dave and Jamie, I'm Adam. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na